was a kid, I went to that boardwalk with my parents. I wandered off. I don't know why, I just did. I ended up in that hall of mirrors. There was another girl in there. She looked like me. Exactly like me. She was in the hall of mirrors. She wasn't a reflection. She was real. She was real. Hello. Hello. How are you? <coughs> Dying. Yeah, um, you sound sick. I'm not, I promise. Oh. <laughs> are you feeling all right? Yeah, I mean, my throat hurts a little bit, but also I drank last night, so. Uh, well, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I think I'm okay. But this past okay. few, I don't know, man. They've just been weird, and life just feels like it's doing a million things at once. And I'm like, can we just, like, slow down for, like, 30 seconds so I can catch my breath, please? I get that. Ugh. Other than that, I mean, I guess things are fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, Caleb and I went to my mom and dad's this weekend. I saw. How was and that? it was so fun. Oh, it That's was so good. fun. I always love spending time with my mom. And um, my uncle Larry was there. And my cousin Jamie and her friend Christina and my brother and his kids all came up. So it was really like the whole fucking family was there. It was awesome. That's cool. It was nice. I'm Brittany. I'm Rena. <laughs> this is Chismosas and Chainsaws. <laughs> Today we're talking about us. Which sounds like we're going to have a conversation about our friendship. But alas... <laughs> this is this is my intervention this is where you're like Brittany actually this isn't working for me it's not you it's me <laughs> it's not me it's you <laughs> it's it's not me Brittany it's it's definitely you Brittany <laughs> um no we're talking about Jordan Peele's movie from 2019 which I feel like this movie came out so much longer than just a couple of years ago but apparently 2020 mm. just felt Really, really long. Yeah. So this was the first time you had seen this? Yes, I had never seen this movie before. That's crazy. Bro, I really, really thought... Actually, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, this is probably the f- fifth or sixth time I've seen this. Because I saw it in theaters twice. And then probably just watched it again. Because I don't think Mark went to see it with me in theaters. And then last October, Kendra came over and we watched it. Because she had never seen it. Uh, Do you want to guess the budget? I think... (laughs) Because this movie came out after Get Out. Yes. Get Out was... Pretty successful, if I recall correctly. I'll say. And I feel like if I'm a movie-making 
person, like if I'm the person who's deciding how much money everybody gets, like I would, I would give Jordan Peele a lot of money. I would too. Because <laughs> he's good at what he does. He really is. Um, is it more, just so I have a ballpark, because I, I, I would like to have a small frame of reference if that's a possibility. Um, is it more than $5 million? Yes. Is it more than $10 million? Yes. My guess is $15 million. The budget for this was $20 million. What? Because you also got to remember that, like, everything had to be done successfully at least twice. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Wait, why does it have to be done at least twice? Well, like, it's got to, well, reshoots and everything, but, like, I'm assuming how filming works is that they would re they would do a scene with them as their normal selves, and then I'd have to shoot a scene with them as the tethered. Huh. That's fair. I didn't think of it like that. God, you're so smart. <laughs> I just thought, like, I want to know how much Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke brought home from this movie. I don't know. I Hopefully love them a lot. both so much. Hopefully a lot. <laughs> uh, do you want to guess what this made? I'm assuming it made its money back and then some. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and guess that this movie made $200 million. This movie made $255.2 million. Hell yeah. That's outstanding. Well done. I'll say. Um, <laughs> I'll say. Sorry, I've got so many different notes on this one. <laughs> Um, trying to look over everything. Did you ever see that tweet? This is only kind of sort of related. That's okay. Did you ever see that tweet after Black Panther came out that Winston Duke was reading? They made him like read his thirst tweets, and somebody tweeted, "Mbaku can throw my back out." Yeah, that's pretty funny. I have seen that video. I think about I that love every, him. I love Winston Duke, and every single time I see him, I'm like, mm, "That's true." <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I felt like no, that needed, you're good, you're good. That needed interjecting. Um, so this outperformed in the box office. This outperformed Get Out. Outstanding. In terms of like previews and the first weekend tickets and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was obviously number one at the box office the weekend that it opened. It became the second best opening for a live-action original film after Avatar and was is the third best total for a horror film after It Part 1 and the 2018 version of Halloween. Halloween! Um, so let's go back to other notes. The guy who did the score for this movie, his name is Michael Abels, also did the score for Get Out. Thank you. You already knew what I was going to ask. <laughs> um, well, because this has such good music, but like Get Out also had really good music. And I also just like the fact, I like when people work with the same people. Yes. Because it also just makes for consistency. Which I appreciate. Yeah. 
Um, so apparently there was genre confusion over Get Out. So Jordan Peele decided to really go full on horror film with this one. Yeah, this was very scary. Yeah, I love this one. <laughs> um, apparent the Rolling Stone Rolling Stone called it Spill Your Soda Scary compared to the existentially terrifying Get Out. <laughs> um, Jordan Peele said that the idea of the tethered living underground came to him as a teenager when he would take the train home from work. I'm sorry? He says, it's a really long quote. Do you want me to read the whole quote? No, can you just send it to me? Yeah. Um, I thought you would see this interesting. Jordan Peele saw the characters of the film as an archetypal foursome with Adelaide being the leader, Zora being the warrior, Gabe being jester slash fool, and Jason being the whiz slash magician. Who was the magician? Jason. Jason's the little boy? Yes. I pictured Gabe more as, well, I guess. Yeah. Gabe's funny. He's not... You know what I mean? Like dad jokes like magic the whole tricks time. And, and making people laugh and like that's that's kind of his whole that was the whole thing, right? Are you talking about Jason or Gabe? I'm talking about Jason, the little boy. He likes to do magic tricks. Yeah, but it's not to make people laugh. His whole didn't Adelaide say something along the lines of like, I bet you he can make you smile or something like that. I bet you he can make you laugh. Maybe. I don't know what part you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, the inspiration for us was the Twilight Zone episode Mirror Image that was centered on a young woman and her evil doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. I hate the idea that that's even a thing. Well, that's why I didn't read it to you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it just makes me nervous. Doppelgangers make me feel all kinds of yucky, anxious feelings, and I don't really care for it much. <laughs> <laughs> and you may quote me on that. Um, Lupita Nyong'o said that her voice, when she was read, was inspired by the condition spasmodic dysphonia. Yeah, all right. Uh, a condition that causes a person's voice to go into periods of spasm. She said she worked with an ear, nose, and throat doctor, a vocal therapist, and her dialect coach to try and make sure that she could do it and do it safely. I love Lupita Nyong'o. I love her so much. She, her American accent was also just absolutely flawless. Yeah, sometimes I forget because this is what like I probably associate her with the most. So I always forget that she's not American. Because <laughs> she's from somewhere in Africa, right? Um, I'm going to Google it. Yeah, I would definitely. Where is Lupita Nyong'o from? I was like, she's also Mexican. She's Mexican. She was born in Mexico City. She's Kenyan. Kenyan. She, she grew up in Kenya. 
where her father served as a government minister and a senator. That's cool. She speaks mm-hmm. English, Spanish, and Swahili. That makes sense. <laughs> That's so fucking cool. Um, this has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. That, wow. Holy fuck. Uh, the website says, with Jordan Peele's second inventive, ambitious horror film, we have seen how to beat the sophomore jinx, and it is us. Damn. <laughs> that, oof. Oof. Yeah? Yeah, it just... This movie was so much... Um... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, this movie was a lot. Um, Monica Castillo of RogerEbert.com, which is apparently a thing, gave the film four out of four. Outstanding. I don't think Roger Ebert would have given it. Roger Ebert would have hated this. Uh, But she wrote, Us is another thrilling exploration of the past and oppression this country is still too afraid to bring up. Peel wants us to talk, and he's given audiences the material to think to feel our way through some of the darker sides of the human condition and the American experience. Okay. <laughs> um, I think there might be something here that I'm missing. What do you mean? I just thought it was a scary story. Um, a lot of people have read into it that it's got a lot to do with like privilege. Okay, Which yeah, I could see that. I can get a little bit more into. Yeah, I could see that, but yes. Following notes. Tell me more. Um, I'm going to keep on this track and then get to that later. Because I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get there. All right. Uh, this other guy, David Griffin, called it a very, very strange film. But that's yeah. okay, because it wouldn't be a Jordan Peele joint if there wasn't a little risk involved. Peel has proven that he's not a one-hit wonder with this truly terrifying, poignant look at one American family that goes through hell at the hands of maniacal doppelgangers. Which, I would agree. I think that this was a much bigger risk in terms of interpretation versus where Get Out was like, this is what it is. This movie is about racism. Yeah. This, I don't know. I feel like there, this was more difficult, I think, to interpret, at least in my opinion. Oh, it definitely is. I think that this was a lot more difficult to interpret and it was just like. Like, I remember sitting there after seeing it for the first time because I went with a couple other friends Mm -hmm. and we just like sat there and we were just like talking about it for like five, ten minutes while everyone else kind of left the theater. Um, I like this Richard Brody who is a writer for the New Yorker called the film a colossal achievement writing us is a horror film though saying so is like offering a reminder that the godfather is a gangster film or that 2001 a space odyssey is science fiction genre is irrelevant to the merits of a film whether its conventions are followed or defied what matters is that Peele cites the tropes and precedents of horror in order to deeply root his film in the terrain of pop culture and then to pull up those roots. 
Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, but also, this lady at time said that Jordan Peele had too many ideas and not enough answers. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and I disagree. I agree. There were uh, too she many wrote, things and not enough answers. She wrote, Peel goes even deeper into the conflicted territory of class and race and privilege. He also ponders the traits that make us most human. But this time, he's got so many ideas, he can barely corral them, let alone connect them. He overthinks himself into a corner, and we're stuck there with him. And we're stuck there with him. And she can shut up. (laughs) In my personal opinion. That's the title of the episode. The New York Times lady can shut up. Um... Okay, so this person, Noel Ransom, viewed the film as being about the effects of classism and marginalization. The tethered are effigies of the same situational classism, the trapped mentally and physically and ignored. I hadn't thought of it like that, but I, I mean, I guess, yeah. Well, so, like, You've only seen it once. That's and it's true. also hard to, I think, on a first viewing of any movie, besides something like Get Out, where it's very, very straightforward. It's like, oh, this is about racism. Right. Or like the Purge movies, where. Yes. It's, <laughs> d- again, this is so the dysfunctionality of democracy. Yes. I think that this is one where upon first viewing it's probably just a horror movie but after watching it enough times um this person at Rotten Tomatoes says the tethered referencing the where Americans line are representatives of the duality of American society how some citizens can afford to live on top of the class system while others are stuck in poverty. Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> that checks out. Um, and then this bit is all about just like the references. Uh, like there's references to Jaws. Um, thriller, thriller, Chud, Michael Jackson, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, The, the Goonies. Goonies. There's references to the Bible. Zora's name is almost certainly a reference to Zora Neale Hurston. There's references to Ball, who we hear about in. Um, you think Zora's a reference to Zora Neale Hurston? I would think so. Is it not? So. I wrote down the names of the characters and then the names of their tethered parts. Zora means dawn. And Umbre, who's her tethered counterpart, means shadow. Okay. And there's Jason and Pluto. Pluto is the god of the underworld. Jason is like Jason and the Argonauts. No? I don't know what that means. Like Like the Greek myth? Jason and the Argonauts. I guess I just know Jason vaguely. I didn't know that. Yeah, let me see what I can find about Jason. No, I believe you. 
Well, I feel like there's probably a deeper connection than just like, well, they're both Greeks. Um, what is her name in this? Lupita Nyong'o. What is her? Adelaide. Okay. And then red is her tether. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? Um, what? What? Where's the connection there? What am I missing? I don't know. <laughs> Are they supposed to be connected? I thought they were all... Yeah, but I'm not sure that Red's name is Red, you know? Okay. I think that that's what she just goes by. Because you also got to remember that they were switched. Like, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Do, do, do. Um, and then I just have one last quote about Jordan Peele, and then we can get, like, actually into it. Yeah. Um, he says that a central theme of the film is American privilege. He says, one of the central themes in us is that we can do a, jo- a good job collectively of ignoring the ramifications of privilege. I think it's the idea that what we feel like we deserve comes, you know, at the expense of someone else's freedom or joy. You know, the biggest disservice we can do as a faction with a collective privilege like the United States is to presume that we deserve it and that it isn't luck that has us born where we're born. For us to have our privilege, someone suffers. That's where the tethered connection, I think, resonates the most, is that those who suffer and those who prosper are two sides of the same coin. You can never forget that. We need to fight for the less fortunate. That's I like that a lot. I'm writing that down, actually. For us to have our privilege, someone has to suffer. Um, so those were all my previewing notes. Now that we're 20 minutes in. <laughs> well, that's... This is a, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot in this movie. And I think... I think that... Now that I'm using my brain and not just like, holy fuck, that was scary. <laughs> like... I guess I see how it's about privilege, but I do like the idea because this isn't the first movie that we've talked about where the idea is that like in order for someone to be on top, someone has to be underneath. And we've unpacked that before, but like why it doesn't so below. (laughs) It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't. This one's and it they get into it in the movie, like later when Adelaide and Red are fighting in like the underground or wherever the fuck they are whatever you want to call it and she's like I red says something along the lines of like we could have stayed up together like there was no need yeah you could have brought me you left me (laughs) (sighs) um so I wrote down the quote that's at the beginning of the movie many have no purpose at all well, like, I wrote down the whole thing, not just oh, that much. Yeah, <laughs> many have no known purpose at all is what freaks me out about the tunnels. Many have no known purpose at all. Just people. People, same. Yeah, I'm one of those. Just floating around. Uh, it says there are thousands of miles of tunnels beneath the continental U.S., abandoned subway systems, unused service routes, and deserted mine shafts. Many have no known purpose at all. I want to know if that's true. Well, so see, that was another thing that I remember thinking about after watching it. 
in theaters a couple of times that I did was just like I believe it about the mine shafts and it it has to be true about like service routes and stuff right like I guess but like why are why have we never heard about them before why would we have I don't know it just feels i don't know who would tell feels, us i don't know purpose? i don't know i don't know i'm just anxious about it oh it makes me anxious <laughs> Ugh. Oh, i hate that 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 <laughs> um and then i have two notes i said this music though it's so good um it's so creepy it's very like, like creepy. The chanting Yes! Very unsettling. I 100% agree! But I love it. <laughs> I think yeah, it's I so good. Like it. I don't dislike it. Um, but then uh, when they're driving... There's listening to Janelle Monet. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would notice. I sure did. I was so excited. <laughs> but like in theaters, I was like, oh my god! Oh my god, it's Janelle Monet. Um... But yeah, so what they are driving up to, like, this cabin, lake house type of thing, right? In Santa Cruz, California. Yes. Um, and they get there, and Winston Duke, who is playing, I, just, I, <laughs> I have a note later on that says, words can't express how much I love Winston Duke playing a lame dad. I love him as a lame dad. Not because just he's a lame such... dad. Well, he's a lame anything. dad. He's a lame black dad who went to an HBCU. Yeah. And I think that that's excellent. And then to see it <laughs> in a huge horror movie. I think it's wholesome. It's making, that made like a ridiculous amount of money is pretty cool. I think it's phenomenal. A plus. Um, but just like, because before this, I had only seen him in Black Panther. Same. Who, trust me, I loved him in Black Panther. Mbaku's oh, my yeah. favorite. Mbaku. Um, but seeing him go from like this really tough, aggressive, really big guy. I'm just kidding. Right? We're vegetarians. <laughs> and then to see him on the boat yelling at his family saying, you're spoiled. This is fine. <laughs> it was so... It's very like heartwarming. He's just very wholesome in this film. Not that yes. he wasn't wholesome in Black Panther, but like, this but it, is it a was different a different kind. kind of wholesome. Yes, this is like, yeah, all right, like, like he's gonna take care of us at a cookout. He's gonna make sure that everyone, is- he's gonna make sure <laughs> the meat is cooked. He's gonna, his wife is gonna coordinate it all. Eddie's gonna fix everything. <laughs> it's gonna be nice. So there's that. very yeah sweet <laughs> and especially like this is a horror film we don't get to see sweet in horror very often no and we don't get to see <laughs> nice father figures no very often i will say very rarely very, it was very typical of him to be like mm, no it's fine yeah he still fell into some of the tropes but but he fell out of just enough of yes. them to make the film to make work. it good <laughs> to make, <laughs> to make the work. film work I was surprised and a little disappointed that this is the first time that Addie has, like, 
shared this trauma with her husband? Well, yes. I would be surprised if it was really Adelaide. But I think the reason she doesn't say it is because she knows right that the real Adelaide could come and get her. She knows everything that's underneath. She wants so this to ignore is, it. This is part of what I find confusing in this movie. Okay. So like red is Adelaide. Adelaide is red. Yes. They have just switched places. Why does Addie then t- like the real Addie talk that way like why wouldn't their voices be switched because I'm assuming that um are you good I keep hearing noises oh is it a click is it this yeah yes. yeah sorry what was that I'm playing with a pen and it keeps tapping on my phone like that oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I was like it's not breaking up I can't tell what it is <laughs> like, but there's um, an unsettling noise <laughs> On your end of the telephone. Um, but no, so I think that the reason Adelaide doesn't talk like Red does is because she, I'm assuming, like, she obviously wasn't speaking, right, when her parents found her. Right. And so I would assume that they then took her to, like, speech therapists after that. To help with it. That's... Oh, Raina, no. What? My brain just put those pieces together. She wasn't talking not because this was a trauma. She wasn't talking because she (laughs) didn't... Jesus, fuck! Yeah. I hate this. I hate it here. There's a lot to unpack. (laughs) There's Um, so many layers. Like, half of my notes are literally just me recognizing connections to other part in the to another part in the movie like um before they go to the beach um and Jason goes and he runs and he hides in the closet bad idea the little car that he puts in is an ambulance it's an ambulance which is not something that i noticed necessarily before is that important because they get away in an ambulance later yes okay um there's a shot of them when they're finally walking on the beach and you just see the shadows behind them, like, lined up. Do you know no. what I'm talking about? No, no idea. <laughs> That's fine, though. It's all right. Um, and then when, like, they're at the beach and the twins are, like, doing their stupid little cartwheels, stupid. one of them lands on Jason's sandcastle or whatever. <gasps> And he's like, one of them is like, well, what are you building anyway? And he's like, it was just a tunnel. Oh, I didn't hear that. I must have not been in the room at that time. I got up to get some water towards the (laughs) beach. How dare you hydrate yourself? I'm (laughs) sorry. Fuck me for being hydrated, I guess. Um, uh, When they're back at the house and Gabe is sitting in the living room and he's watching TV it's like ESPN or whatever. Yes, they talk about the giants. He says the giants, but it's like recapping everything. It's like the highlights or whatever. And they talk about the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Like twins, like the twin girls. Twins, like tethered, the same. Not oh, the twins. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and they say it was eleven, eleven, 
<laughs> There's so many 1111s. They and were tried. I, yeah. I have a lot to tell you about 1111. Go ahead. Tell me about I, it. I know some things. <laughs> so, uh, there are a lot of folks who are like, who practice numerology and are like into numerology. 1111 is supposed to be like new beginnings and like new things are coming your way, which I thought was very intimidating. But also, the sign in the very beginning that that man is holding up that says Jeremiah 1111. Mm-hmm. I looked up what that verse is. Would you like me to read it to you? You can because I skipped it because I assumed you looked it up. <laughs> I sure did. Ahem. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will surely bring calamity on them, which they will not be able to escape. And though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. And it's about smiting those who worship false gods. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it very specifically mentions Baal, which is why I was like, oh, yeah, and they talk about Baal, Um, who we hear about in... What is that? Insidious? Sinister? Something like that? I want to say insidious. One of those. I could be wrong. One of (laughs) those. They're the same in my head. They're also the same in my head. Um, (laughs) So that's what I have for you about that. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm glad that you did indeed look it up. I assumed that you would have. Yeah. Which is why I didn't say it. (laughs) You're like, you know, this sounds like the kind of thing Brittany would would get. (laughs) Um... I wanted to note, I have it written down way later, but, um, so, like, it starts with, obviously, it's a horror movie. They're going to be covered in blood at the end of this. Right, right. But, um, Adelaide is wearing, like, all white, essentially. Yeah. And so, by the end of the movie, She's looks, orange. It's what's red. <laughs> like, the jumpsuit. I guess. You mean Orange. <laughs> It's like orange because it's like like orangish brown because it's like dried blood. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose if you want to say that. I suppose. Um. There's a family on our driveway. Is that scene is so creepy? Just like it's horrifying. Yeah, I hate it so much. They should have just not even not even gone out the door just called the police and just sat there and just waited i mean they, it still would have happened yes but it makes me nervous <laughs> just hide just hide uh like when they scatter it's so creepy no thanks the the movements of specifically the uh the boy specifically pluto pluto is just like very very creepy and Everyone in the movie has really good physicality. They have really good differences in yes. themselves versus the tethered versions. But like the... to be on all fours constantly sounds terrible. Painful. Sounds I have painful. Bad knees. I can't <laughs> imagine. I've got bad knees. I do. I'm actually 67. <laughs> That's fair. Um, um when uh, young Addie is in the Hall of Mirrors and she starts whistling the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Mm-hmm. I have some things to tell you about whistling at night. Okay, tell me. I so, don't know anything about this. You, so the, the, the superstition here is that you're not supposed to whistle at night. I was under the impression 
from something that I had heard or read or somewhere that this was because it was like an indigenous legend where like you're not supposed to whistle at night because you don't know what's going to whistle back to you. And as my brain was thinking about this, she fucking got whistled back at and I was like, this is exactly why we don't whistle at night time. Well, and so like when she goes in the hall, the mirrors. Did it's you the medicine pay attention to the, the shaman's yeah. magical journey or something? Yeah. Yes. Like something yes. obviously really not okay, but it was the yeah. 80s then. It was 1986. We don't and do that anymore. We see the updated version later. Merlin's really magical forest. Yes. So I can't find anything to support that's like an indigenous legend or like a Native American thing. But I did see that a lot of communities in the like in the uk um have this belief that there's something called the seven fuck what is it called i just read this um the seven whistlers which are seven mysterious birds or spirits who call out to foretell death or calamity in the 19th century large groups of coal miners were known to have refused to enter the mines for one day after hearing the spectral whistling. Um, they've been mentioned in literature, yada, yada, yada. It's also a thing in like Russian and other Slavic cultures. Whistling indoors, you're not supposed to do. It's, it's a whole thing. So don't whistle indoors and don't whistle at night. I uh, can't whistle at all. So. Well, good, good. Because I'm safe for not that. accidentally call your tethered. <laughs> I don't want to do that for Please sure. don't call your tethered. That's interesting. Yeah, I never knew that. Uh-huh. I can't find anything of why Jordan Peele does all of this shit with rabbits, but, you know, we'll work on it. And there's gotta be a reason. There's gotta be a reason. <laughs> I tried looking it up after we watched Get Out, and as I was writing, I was like, significance of rabbits, question mark? Music and thing, music and themes similar to Get Out. And I'm like, okay, but... What? Not what I was asking. Not what I was asking at all. <laughs> um... Let's see. Um, I love. So they're in the house, right? And they're all sitting across from each other. And Red starts to tell her story, which is terrifying. So sad (laughs) and very scary. Everything about it. Um, But like at whatever point, because Gabe still is just like not getting it. No, you silly bitch. And he's like, you can have my wallet, you can take the you can car, have the boat. you can have the you can boat, have the boat for, all for all I care. care. And Zora just goes, nobody wants the boat, the dad. boat dad. Like, mid-crying. Because obviously that's a very stressful situation. Obviously. I could imagine. I could not imagine. I wouldn't even try to. It's horrible. <laughs> um, I liked... Uh, <laughs> I liked when he said... What kind of white shit? The hide key. <laughs> what kind of white shit? And it's true. Do people of color is that just a white people thing? Are we the I mean, only ones that I've never met anyone in real life that does that. Oh. Okay. Well. Did you guys do that growing up? Uh we when I was growing up we didn't lock our Oh, we lived yeah. we lived far During enough out then. Well, not There's even just that, we're just, like, out in the middle of nowhere, so nobody's gonna come and steal our shit, and if they try, like, we have a dog, so that's what she's there for. 
Yeah, we didn't they, have that. And if they tried to break in at night, my dad has a lot of guns in the house, so <laughs> we were never worried about it. Um, yeah, I don't know anyone in real life who did that. Like That's always something that I've seen on, like, TV. Caleb's family didn't have, like, a hide-a-key per se, but they did have a key to their house hidden. So, like, if you did lock yourself out, or, like, if you needed to get into the house, like, I knew where the spare key was. Interesting. I think my family does it now, but also, like... I don't know. Everyone's on different schedules. I don't know. Not that everyone wasn't on different schedules when I was talking. Yeah, I was home, I was but... like, what is uh, what's the difference there? <laughs> no, I don't know. I thought that was very funny, though. What it kind of white very, shit? Very funny. Um, I also love when. <laughs> Gabe is fighting Abraham on the boat and he like knocks him off and then runs him over with the propeller well no before that just like the boat starts because it's a shitty boat and Gabe just straight falls off I thought that was very funny um but also it's just really funny like Abraham being tethered so he knows to just hit the thing over and over again. <laughs> yes. To try and start it. Um. Them being out like in the middle of the lake or whatever in that boat reminded me of the remake of Amityville Horror where they're all just like sitting in the boat, the boat with Ryan Reynolds waiting. Yeah. That's really, that's really funny. I was like, what is that? I hate that scene do? so much. It's like, are we just going to sit here? Or like, what's what's yeah. the plan? <laughs> what's the plan for today, folks? Um, I love the scene where we go to Josh and Kitty's house. Bro. Um, everything about being there. First of all, they're just really fucking funny. That entire dynamic <laughs> makes me very uncomfortable in a different way. Classic white people. <laughs> It's, yeah, like I know that family. <laughs> we all know that family. We all do. We've all met um, that exact family. Like at the beach where he's like, oh, gotta give my wife her medicine. And he goes, well, what do you say? And she goes, I hate you. And he goes, yep, that works. <laughs> I didn't hear that part. I was too focused on gotta give my wife her medicine. And I turned and looked at Caleb and I was like, that's so fucking cringy. Yeah, that's so gross. Like, quit trying to class up your wife's alcoholism. Well, and then like right after that, like right before um, Adelaide notices Jason's gone, is she says it's vodka o'clock. She goes, "It's vodka o'clock." Stop trying to class up your wife's alcoholism. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Oh, it is, but like that's also like the whole culture. Yes. Which I feel like right now where people are like kind of noticing that and trying to shift away from it. Yeah. But like it was a big thing. <laughs> Bro, we were talking, this is only vaguely related, but on the topic of like American drinking culture. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a very uniquely American thing. And that's not to say that alcoholism is uniquely American, obviously, because that would be a stupid thing to say. 
But the way that Americans treat alcohol, like, it's not, like, a nice thing that you sit down and have a glass of wine at dinner. Or, like, you go have a beer or two with your friends. Like, it's not a nice, calm thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you bring up drinking... Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I know that you know exactly what I work at a bar. I know that you work at a bar. So, (laughs) two of the girls at work today, we were talking about our holiday weekends at the time of this recording uh memorial day weekend just happened so we went back to work today because the clinic was closed on monday makes sense and we were chatting about oh how was your weekend what did you do blah blah blah. and two of the girls were like bro i got fucking blackout drunk which normally i'm like yeah okay what you know not a big deal but as i'm sitting and thinking about this i'm like bro holy shit and i told one of the girls who is a few years younger than i am She's 22, I think. She was like, yeah, oh my God, like I blacked out this weekend and blah, blah, blah. I was like, bro, I can't even think about trying to drink like I used to. Like, <laughs> like I'm too old to drink the way that you're drinking now. She's like, I'm getting too old to be drinking the way that I'm drinking. I was like, bro, you, I can't even tell you the last time I drank the way that you have been drinking. Like, <laughs> my body physically will not let me. I just just, it's wild that like this has suddenly become this cultural shift where like people our age I feel like are now like hey actually I don't I don't really drink anymore I feel like that's a generalization that's not to say everyone our age has quit drinking okay (laughs) by any by any stretch I was like but because I'm hungover today like (laughs) no like I don't feel see that's also the problem now Really, I feel hungover, but I know that I'm hungover. Yeah, like I wouldn't drink today, even if I was at work. Like I wouldn't do that just because I drank yesterday. It reminds Melanie's bit where he's like, "I don't look like the kind of guy who used to do anything." (laughs) Where he's talking about how he used to be an alcoholic. That's that's kind of how I think about my time in college. Where I'm like, "Yeah, I used to have a problem with alcohol." And now I don't drink. Well, and that's another thing is that, like, it's the culture specifically in college, right? Oh, my God. American college drinking culture is such fucking bullshit. It's not good. It's such bullshit. It's so unhealthy. It's so toxic. And I can only... Well, you know, like, I guess I I wasn't really drinking, like, freshman year, you know? No. Like, I was drinking but I wasn't getting drunk right I wasn't drinking enough to get drunk correct we had to ration <laughs> but then when you I feel like the rest of you got trashed <laughs> I never then, did I mean we got trashed when we went to Canada I really didn't though you didn't but the, those of us who went out to the bar yeah I sat in the room with Natasha got fucking shit faced you had a hell of a time. We don't need to go into that. Wait, I don't have time to unpack that. In this, oh, we gotta unpack this. <laughs> We've gotta unpack American drinking culture to unpack um, the issue with this white family in this movie. So I, I sure that's where it stems from. I just want to say I don't like Elizabeth Moss. Is that the the mom? Uh, Kitty. Yeah, she plays Offred in uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, I don't like her. She's got a weird face, but I think she's a good actress. Yeah, she's a Scientologist, and I don't like that. 
Oh, yikes. Elizabeth, why? And so it makes me especially uncomfortable with her being, like, the main character in Handmaid's Tale and then being a part of Scientology. I don't know a lot about Scientology, but I know there's it's a lot like to unpack there. fucking cult. Like, think Mormons, but worse. Oof. You know what I mean? Uh, kinda. Is there a lot of, like, misogyny type shit in there? Yeah, and, like, it was this whole thing, it was a while ago, with, like, John Travolta and his, I almost said husband, and I was like, no, that's not right, his <laughs> wife. His um, woman Because <laughs> I think it was them, <laughs> and, like, one of their kids was, like, sick when they were a baby, but, like, they wouldn't take them to, like, a doctor. What? And I could be misremembering, but I think that Scientologists... And don't quote me on any of this. This is all vague stuff that I have not. <laughs> this is all us going, well, I think I've heard this before. <laughs> but, like, I know that's really weird. And I remember, like, Katie Holmes being weird about it, like, after she divorced Tom Cruise and got out of Scientology. And, like, being really quiet about it. But being like, yeah, it was a really good thing that I'm not in that environment anymore. And, like, Leah Remini has her little docu-series about it. That just seems really creepy and not good. Let's see here. (laughs) So, I'm reading about John Travolta's son. Okay. He was a teenager. Okay. Um, Let's see. An autism activist, this is from the New York Post, so you can do whatever you want with this information, because honestly, it could be complete bullshit, who's to say? Fair enough. Uh, An (laughs) autism activist who spoke on the condition that her, what? Who spoke on the condition that her name, oh, spoke on the condition that her name not be revealed, there we go, said (laughs) anti-seizurification, that you see where my brain was going with that? Yes. Said anti-seizure medication could have controlled the attacks that cops said John Travolta's son was prone to suffering. Police said Jet, 16, had a seizure Friday that led to led him to fall and hit his head on a bathtub in a Bahamas hotel. It is not known if he was taking medication, but the church uh, to which his parents are devoted would have discouraged the use of any medication for the seizures that affect 25% of autistic teens. What? Medication for the seizures that affect 25% of teen autistic suffers. What? New why York is it Pope? worded like that? Why is it worded I, like that? I know what you're, they're trying to say, but there's a better way to say it. And his parents repeatedly denied their son could have autism, an illness the church says that's doesn't it. exist. Yeah, there we go. That's it. <laughs> Thank quote, you. quote, I believe this is something that was totally avoidable, said the autism activist who asked not to be identified by name because she says she has a friendship with Travolta's brother, Joey. Quote, there were such clear indications that this kid had autism, she said. It's bothered me for years. The irony is not lost that Joey has committed his life to working with autism and disabilities, and his brother, for religious reasons, would let this happen. Joey tries to be as supportive of his brother's choices as he can be, but this has really upset me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. According to the Church of Scientology, people with disabilities like autism are classified as degraded. Oh, yikes. 
Yeah. And capable of curing themselves by working harder on the church's teachings. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Dios. Yeah, so that's why I don't like Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> blamed their son's problem on the bout with Kawasaki syndrome as a toddler. Oh, I mean, I, I guess, but, like, no? Right. <sighs> Yikes. This is really fucked up. I gotta quit reading this. Okay, so, yeah. John Travolta, we, let's have a talk, man. No, stay away from me. <laughs> John Travolta. It doesn't have to be like this. That's the title of the episode because it's the second no. time I said it. Us. It doesn't have to be like this. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were going to say John Travolta. It doesn't have to be like John this. John Travolta. It doesn't have to be like this. Um, but yeah, what I was saying was I don't like Elizabeth Moss, but I think she's really good in this movie. She's a good actress. Um. The whole scene where she is going back and forth with Josh about, was that the backup generator? I thought I heard a noise outside. And he's like, oh, I'm so comfortable. No, I think I'm just going to stay right here. And she's like, get the fuck up. Go look. What's going on? And then him just going, oh my god, there's someone out there. Do you see that? Do you see that? There's someone out there. And she's like, are you fucking with me? What, what are you No, what are you I'm not about? fucking with you. Look, there's someone out there. Do you see them? It's OJ Simpson. It's OJ. It's OJ Simpson. Um, which, inappropriate, but. But also hysterical. Very funny. Very funny. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think um, it's so fucking funny. It really is. I've been listening to. What the fuck is the name of the podcast? It's gonna bother me. You're wrong about. Um, where they just delve deep into like different moments in like history, but they're I have like ten to twelve episodes about the O.J. Simpson case, and it's it just makes me so mad. I. <sighs> I saw something, I think I was watching a documentary, Lorena Bobbitt, and they started oh, talking yeah, you about, told me about that. And they started talking about O.J. Or maybe I was watching something else. Somebody was talking about O.J. Simpson and about the low speed chase in a white Ford Bronco down the fucking uh-huh. freeway. And how he I had haven't a docu- gotten to that part yet. <laughs> he had a fucking, fucking, what is that called? He had a fake mustache and a yeah. bunch of, I'm like... OJ, why? Well, why? it's like there's all these fucking things that, and these are people that do like deep, deep research. Like mm-hmm. they know what they're talking about. Correct. They cite their sources. They know. And they're listing off all these fucking things. And I'm like, everyone could have worked together to put this man in jail for killing this woman correct like she was murdered she was murdered and it just makes me so mad (laughs) did they end up arresting anybody for her death no not to my knowledge but i'm not there yet i'll let you know (laughs) from what i understand about the from what i understand about the oj simpson case my gut feeling I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think OJ killed her. He did. 
I think OJ killed her. That's the title. Uh, <laughs> I think OJ killed her. <laughs> um. Okay, we're at 55 minutes. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to try and get through the important stuff in my notes. Um, but before we do that, the the scene with Ophelia, the fake Alexa. Bro. It was I, perfect. It's fucking hilarious. And all I ever think of when I hear good vibrations is that scene. And that's exactly what, <laughs> if you said something to an Alexa in that moment, that's exactly Alexa, what she would call do. the police and she'd be like, now playing fuck, fuck the, police. the police by NWA. Um, I think it's very funny where they're sitting there after they kill the tethered versions of Josh and Kitty and the family. Um, and <laughs> Adelaide's like, we gotta leave, we gotta leave, like, we're not safe here, which I agree, this house has huge fucking windows. She's correct. Um, and Gabe's like, we're, we have food, we have water, there's a backup generator, we're safe here as we are anywhere. And he's like, we can set up, we'll do, like, traps, like, in Home Alone. And she's like, did you just really, like, reference Home Alone? Or do you want us to put out micro-machines? And there's, like, a pause. <laughs> what are micro-machines? What's Home Alone? <laughs> Caleb and I both were so pissed. We're like, what do you mean, what is Home Alone? Which is so, so funny to me. Breaks my heart. Um... I do want to take a step back. I know that I'm referencing after the family, after Josh and Kitty were killed, but uh, Kitty's tethered version, her name is Dahlia, which I'm assuming references like the Black Dahlia. Black Dahlia. Uh, and then Josh's tethered name is Tex, which I make the connection to. I can't think of his last name. No, Doug Dimmadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome. How'd you know? <laughs> no, the guy who is in the Manson family. I don't Tex think you're asking Watson, the wrong I think. bitch. What do you say? You're asking the wrong bitch. I know it's not Tex Watson. Yeah, so that's who I think that's referencing. Um, but like when she's up in the bedroom with Lupita Nyong'o, and she's like taking the scissors to her face. It's so creepy. <laughs> um, and then to jump back, they're arguing, and Adelaide yells, "You don't get to make the decisions anymore." She's correct, and I would agree. <laughs> it's it's at that point, you know, no, you, you. If one person thinks that something's best, I feel like that's and Gabe's hurt, like. His leg is injured. He can't fight as well. And she's fucking in handcuffs still. But I also... I also just think that, like... They... I'm with Adelaide on this. I think that they should not have hunkered down. I'm glad that they skedaddled. Me too. I think it would have been a bad idea for them to... To, to stay put. I agree. And she's like, they think like us, they know where we are. The best thing you can do is to keep moving. Correct. Um, I love when they turn on the car and 
Pluto is there and he starts snapping his fingers like Jason was in the beginning. Say that again. Uh, when Pluto's standing there, yes, and Adelaide gets out of the car and he's and he just snapped, snapping yes. his fingers. The same way that she teaches Jason how to do in the yes. car in the beginning when they're singing, yes. I got five on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then the pot of do scene. A the soda. pot of do scene. What is that? That's when they're dancing. That's what the song is, is the pot of do from the Nutcracker. Oh! So again, another reference to two people. Because pot is of that... do is the two-person dance. It's a duet. Okay, I was going to say, I don't understand that at uh, all. Do is two in French. Do... Oh! Let's <laughs> see, let's see, see. I would not know that had it not been for ballet. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, Red trying to whistle after Adelaide kills her is heartbreaking. I won't do it. It no makes thanks. me really, really sad. Makes me nervous. That's fair. Um, but then Adelaide takes her handcuffs and she strangles her, and she yells, and then she does like a grunting and a clicking. With her mouth, like which was the weird. Do, and it's so creepy. It was very creepy. <laughs> it was very, very creepy. Um, and then my my last four notes are just Jason knows because he looks at her in the ambulance, he and knows. he just looks so accusingly. <laughs> And he's like, there's nothing I can fucking do about it, can I? And then she gives him, like, this tiny, tiny smile before turning back to just driving. Because she knows he knows. Um, And I love the song that plays at the end. What is the song that plays at the end? Um, I'll look up the title. I got five on it. Well, I like that song, too. It's Le Fleur. Ah, but Minnie, Minnie Ripperton. Ripperton. Oh, I fucking love Minnie Ripperton. That's such a good song. Um, and my very last note is that it is a, an absolute crime that the Oscars did not notice this and that Lupita Nyong'o wasn't nominated. I think that I would go so far as to say that they did indeed notice. Um, they're just racist. So, Well, and they did notice because in the opening scene, in the opening number, Janelle Monet came out and she performed. And she made references to us, and she made references to Midsummer. It's just the Academy doesn't give a goddamn. The Academy! It makes me so angry, because literally, she was so fucking good in this. Everyone was, but she continues to amaze me with everything she does. That's fair. Um, also, I didn't say it earlier... Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I think it's really really funny when they're in the car on the way to the beach and Zora's like well why don't you just tell us what's supposed to happen so we can imagine it and Jason goes why don't you just kiss my anus, anus. <laughs> and then the two of them are like whoa 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 <laughs> so... he's like anus isn't a curse word he's like I would have preferred you <laughs> use a curse word so that made me think about the time that I was in the seventh grade 
Okay. And I said that something was bad anus because I knew I wasn't allowed to say badass. That's so funny. And oh I God. got yelled at. Oh my fucking God. Mrs. Schultz, if you're out there, don't fucking think that I forgot. That's so funny. Oh my God. She yelled. She was like, I can't believe you just said that. She was so pissed. I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, and if you could call <laughs> actually, my mom about it, thank actually. You. Like, and if you want to call my mom about it, that's fucking fine. Because, like, she's going to tell me you on my side. Stupid. She's going to tell you you're being stupid. Like, yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, if anything, you could just say, as a teacher in that situation, just be like, I know what you're trying to say. I'd still prefer it if you wouldn't do that. Correct. But again, like, children are fucking people, too. Like, sometimes you just have to talk to them as a person you gotta talk to me as a person <laughs> and it's it's crazy to me that like it's not crazy because i can very easily see it happening but like to get yelled at for that uh, so those are all my notes on us um, all the important ones at least i have so many more random little notes i love the name zora i wrote it's so pretty it's gorgeous i think it's Oh, it just makes my heart feel happy. It just seems like it's like such a strong name. Yeah, like I picture is Laura, and I'm like, that's a strong person like, right damn, there. Damn, damn, damn. Um, the only other note that I have is something that Caleb said, and I needed to write down because I thought it was fucking hysterical. Okay. After Zora, <laughs> I don't remember who it was after. It was at one point where they were getting out of the car. I don't remember if it was after Zora hit Umbria or if it was after uh, after Jason was like, it's a trap. We got to get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but Caleb said, quote, why are you behaving like white people? Get back in the car. <laughs> I mean, it probably would have been. I, would I think it would have been with Zora. After hitting, yeah. Because you gotta get out of the car if you know it might that he cut your gas tank because his thing is fire. Yes, that's fair. That's definitely the time to get out of the car. That's the time to get out of the car. I would agree with that, but hey, there are worse ways to die. That's fine. Might as well. I don't know. If it goes quickly, it's fine. Might as well just do me in. Okay, guess I'll just die then. Are you ready to rate it? I I suppose, yeah. Okay. Um, I am going to give this movie... <sighs> I'm going to give this movie... Hmm. I think I'm going to give this movie two and a half chainsaws. Wow. I... No, that's not true. I'm not going to give it two and a half chainsaws. <laughs> don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I I honestly don't know what the fuck to rate this movie. Because like I liked it. And it was scary. But I was also very confused. And there were still things, as you saw, while we were discussing the movie, that my brain was like, oh. Yeah, yeah I hadn't put that piece together yet. <laughs> so, I, I mean, maybe I'll give it three and a half chainsaws? That's better okay. than average. It Is was that well your final done. Answer? I think so. Three and a half. Three and a half. It was well shot. I love Jordan Peele. Lupita Nyong'o is perfect. 
And Winston Duke, could, I mean, I would let that man do just absolutely unspeakable <laughs> things to me. Mbaku could blow your back out. Mbaku could blow my back out. Yes, yes, he sure could. He sure could. Um, this was an interesting premise, but it gives me anxiety. So, <laughs> three and a half chainsaws. That's fair. Okay, um, I'm gonna give this movie five chainsaws. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, I think it is so spooky. The premise is absolutely terrifying to think of people who look like us underneath us. It gives me anxiety. (laughs) It's such a scary concept. But also, anything Jordan Peele does to me is, like, he's one of those filmmakers that the amount of care... The amount of effort that's put into every single shot is, yes, like it amazes me. It's like Stanley Kubrick level. Like you know that every single like thing... attention detailing. Yes, and like it's it's why I love movies is stuff that he does. You know. Yes. Um. Just the amount of references in the background, just for the sake of saying, "Hey, I know what I'm doing." You know. Yes. Of fully setting the scene blows my mind. Um, and I know I talked about it in Get Out of just like, I feel like he raises the bar and inspires his actors and everyone that he works with as well to go above and beyond. Um, and I could not think of a better cast. Everyone in this movie does such a good job. I love the effects. The music is so good. Everything about it. I love it. I think it's a fantastic movie. Obviously, there are things to be questioned. There are answers that we're not given at the end, but I like that. I like seeing a movie a couple times and getting things and putting pieces together. I think that that's fun. That's what I want. So I'm going to give it five chainsaws. Yeah, I respect that. <laughs> Uh, so that was us. It sure was. That was that was us. <laughs> it's my pick next, and I don't know what I'm going to choose. Well, good so, luck. I... <laughs> Gee, thanks. Email us. Do the thing. I forgot to. I forgot to plug the email in our last episode, but you already know the gist. Do the thing. Cheesemosas and dot chainsaws at gmail dot com. Sorry for the long episode. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Tell us about your opinions on doppelgangers or Scientology or something. I don't know. Just fucking email us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, tune, tune in because who knows what <laughs> I'm going to pick. Not me, certainly. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>